Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session where we uh, help those that sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living like sales managers. And I'm so happy to have our CEO from Aslan Training and Development, Mr. Tom Stanfill, rejoining me on the show. It's been a few weeks, Tom. Welcome back. It has. It has been a few weeks. Good to be back, Scott. Thanks for thanks for uh, trusting me with, to uh, participate in another podcast. I know. And really, well, it was an excuse for me to drink some beer. Well, of course, of course, and that is the most important aspect of sales <laughs> with Aslan. But I always say yes. <laughs> we're going to get into uh, what we call political structure today, which you know can go on in both small and large companies and in sell cycles of all lengths and sizes. But uh, before we get into that, Tom, I know there's something cold, frosty, and refreshing in front of you. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, I am enjoying a Newberg Brewing Company Mega Boss IPA. So I was uh, up at West Point with our um, esteemed colleague, Mr. Tab Norris. Uh, we uh, visit West West Point every year for the last, I guess, four or five years because two of his children attend West Point. Oh, that's so right. Just graduated, and, and uh, his second son, Ford, is a sophomore, or they call, I think they call cows. Okay. I'm not sure why they call them cows. But anyway, we were in West Point. I enjoyed this beer. It was amazing. Uh, it's an American IPA. Newburgh is about 30 minutes north of West Point on the Hudson Valley. Okay. And uh, it's in Newburgh, I guess Newburgh, Pennsylvania. No, Newburgh, New York. And um, it is 7% ABV. Nice. So I loved it. Very crisp. There's a, about a 12% chance you're going to make it through the podcast on your feet. <laughs> yeah, I might slur a little bit. So anyway, so I'm going to pour it right now. Hopefully you can hear this is let's, beautiful and refreshing. Let's hear that amber color. Crisp. Yeah, it is a little amber. I bet it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, under I... the uh, under the uh, boss beer advocate notes are mega boss adjective meaning radical, awesome, or super duper, and I completely concur. Okay, super duper. That's going to be tough to beat, but I am going to venture to the north of where I am. Uh, this is a uh, let's see, it's an Austrian style lager. It is the Von Trop Brewing Company in Stowe, Vermont. Uh, it is. Um, I feel like singing something, um, but I won't um, because the hills are alive with the sound of ales with Aslan. This is the Vienna Austrian style lager. It is a little Austria and a lot of Vermont, Tom. Let's pour that puppy. I always am attracted to the Vienna style lagers. I don't even know it. I have no idea why. It just sounds really good like it might have wiener schnitzel in it or strudel or something well that'd be tougher on a vegan let's yeah, see yeah that would be yeah. all right let's give that a shot oh that is that is cold and refreshing and of it's the sound of beer pouring that i really good is it good it's very good yeah yeah good. i'm happy with it well excellent uh and again the topic today which is you know political structure and i and i think uh, we'll start off with with what we mean by that. But like I said, this this can go on in in every type of of sales cycle, every type of of company, every size company, can it, Tom? It's mm -hmm. a real it's a real issue that sales reps have to deal with. Yeah, it's very relevant. It, it, I guess the only area where the, 
understanding and navigating the political structure inside the decision-making process doesn't re doesn't relate as to someone who's talking to a consumer. You know, and it's a transactional type call where it's you, sure. know, you talk for four or five minutes, the call's over, and that's it. But even then, they may not be the decision maker. They may be gathering information for their spouse or significant other or friend or whatever. But, but it really does pertain to most B two B salespeople. So yeah, um, yeah, it's just obviously a pretty large group. It is, and it, and a lot of our audience. And so I think this is a great topic as we head into year end for folks to be thinking about this as they fill those pipelines for twenty twenty. So. What, uh, let's start with what do you mean by political structure? What do we mean by political? Yeah, well, I think the, probably the best way to explain it is if you think of a formal organizational chart of a company, yep. the CEO, their direct reports, and the people that report to them, and the people report to them, and it's very formal, and, and it's, it's, it shows the hierarchy, and it tells you one thing, who reports to whom. But decisions aren't made based on that hierarchy. In other words, organizations really are much like high school. Um, if you think about the lunchroom in high school, that's really more descriptive of what happens in, in an organization. There's certain <laughs> people that sit with, with certain yeah. people. There's certain people that have more power than other people. And the bottom line is rank doesn't equal influence. There are politics at play that determine who has the most power, who listens to whom, and who's connected to whom. And if you don't understand the politics, then you, you are in jeopardy of losing. Because the most powerful person, the person with the most influence, will ultimately determine the decision drivers and ultimately determine um, what gets done and who yeah. is chosen. And so you may not like politics, you may not want to play politics, but regardless, politics are at play. You are back in high school, there's a lunchroom involved and certain people hang out with certain people and you can't just look at the formal org chart or um, to determine who's the most powerful because rank doesn't equal influence. So that's you, what we mean by there's a pol there's politics. Yeah. And, and, and I know that, you know, in, in a lot of our training classes, we use movie clips, but are you thinking of that same scene I am in Moneyball where if you guys remember the movie, uh, Billy Bean is, is in negotiations for a trade with uh, Mark Shapiro, I think of the Indians and, Mm -hmm. Yet everybody in the room is sort of watching this almost intern, uh, very, very low-level employee that, that is whispering in Shapiro's ear and people are, you know, kind of all perked up and watching as that happens. And I think we use that because that guy with no title and, and certainly not a lot of uh, industry experience somehow has influence over Shapiro in that room. And it's crystal clear by the end of that scene that uh, Billy Bean kind of got outmatched by some college intern, <laughs> right? Was, yeah, yeah. He well, that's a that. great that's a great example. So if you look at the the the, um, the GM, I guess the well, who the manager, the yeah, manager, the general manager, the yep. power, is the highest ranking person in the room. That's right. And then he he has assistant coaches. So I forgot the manager's name. Who's the manager? And because it's a true story. Yeah, yeah. Billy Bean is from the A's, and, and Shapiro's from the Indians. And you would think those yeah, are the Shapiro, two guys. Making, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Shapiro, Shapiro, or however you say his name, is the manager and the most is the highest ranking person. Runs the uh, the A's. No, runs the in Indians. Indians. Yeah, baseball them, operations. Right. Yep. Right, and then you know the next level down is his assistant coaches, and then there's this intern. So if you look at the org structure, the intern is the least powerful person in the room, but yet. When questions were being asked That's right. and, and about 
players and trades, they would look over to the intern. And that's a great example of, of the political structure because it's not formal. There's politics at play. That's right. Don't underestimate where you might find uh, an influencer in the organization. Both that could work for you or work against you, depending on how you treat them and how much uh, uh, credibility you give uh, to them in the, in the process, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So good. So, so that's a little bit about political structure and sort of, I love, I love the analogy of the, of the lunchroom table in high school. And boy, did you bring back some, some good and bad memories of those times. <laughs> but, uh, but, but now let's talk about why it's so important. Um, because, you know, you can get yourself in hot water, as we just illustrated, if you ignore it. Uh, but talk to me about why it's so important to understand and really comprehend political structure. Well, the, in the formal world, if you follow just sort of the gravity and sort of, you know, just sort of the downstream flow of things, that you're going to end up working with who they want you to work with, which is the evaluator. Yeah. You know, the person who's sort of the on point, who represents the real decision maker. Um, and their job is to vet vendors and kind of think, look through what they have to offer and narrow sometimes 10 down to two or three or five down to two or three. And they aren't the decision maker. They're the people that really make it happen, but they don't determine what happens. So why does that matter? Well, it matters is if you sell something different than what the evaluator is looking for, you will always lose. Another way to say that, if you're recommending something that the evaluator isn't looking for, maybe you have something they need that they're, he or she is looking for, but you're thinking that's a bad decision. Um, then yeah. you, you're either going to lose or you're going to have to lower your price or change what you offer because their, their main focus is to fulfill um, the criteria set out by someone else. And if you're not talking to that someone else, you can't change the criteria. And here's the bad news. If, if you have if you, if what you sell doesn't match with the criteria, you're going to lose. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to have to change what you offer and get less or you're going to lose. So um, that's obviously a risk. For sure. For uh, sure. Yeah. Can you think of any sort of examples where, you know, either you, you, you did this well and identified, I, you know, the evaluator slash or, or even the influencer and it was, it was a good turnout or maybe, <laughs> and I'm sure this has happened because it's happened to all of us. You yeah. failed to do that and, and uh, we wound up, you know, not, not getting what we wanted out of the yeah, uh, event. Good question. Well, the, you know, one, one example comes to mind where I was working with the evaluator and um, they wanted to buy a very inexpensive training solution. Right. And so they have very limited budget according to the evaluator. And this, and I'll tell you in a second why I knew it was the evaluator. And they, you know, they're like, Hey, we just want to do this workshop one day workshop. We don't want to customize it. We don't want to develop our leaders. We just, we just, we want to, and we want to put a bunch of people in the room and get it done for really cheap. Here's my budget. And I said to her, it was a woman. I said, well, let me just ask you this. If you, are you open to looking at a different solution? Because if you follow the process that we've set, set defined and, and you, you, you do this correctly, it was kind of my ultimate message. If you kind of do it a little bit differently, you're thinking about, we could potentially 
grow your business by 30%. So, you know, I use some real numbers. What if we could move you from a $100 million company to a $150 million, $130 million company? Would you be interested in looking at a, at a different uh, solution strategy? And she said, no. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, it's like, so yeah. bottom line is you're not willing to potentially spend 20 or 30 or $50,000 more, which is, it turns out that was about that's what how much more they needed to spend to potentially make 30 million right and the reason is is they didn't care their job they were judged on finding a company that would fit within the criteria defined by someone else they weren't interested in changing the criteria they weren't interested in money they weren't the decision maker now right. if I, i'm sure if i got to the decision maker and said well what if you've spent more money but you made 20 million dollars more or 30 million dollars more would you be interested I think they would say yes. So that's that's an example of if you're at the wrong level and you're not talking to the decision maker, ultimately you're, you can't change that criteria. Yeah. Another example would be is when you're dealing with, um, you may be at the decision maker level, which has happened to me. I was one time working with um, a company that was a big distributor for IBM products. And they they were very interested in hiring us as a training company. We were working with the head of sales. The head of sales was clearly the decision maker. But this, this, the head of sales asked me to go to a different office and meet with a group of people and, and give them a high-level overview of the program. Now, here's a mistake I made. I didn't ask the decision maker why. This is early in my career. Well, why do you... Why do you want me to go to this other office and, and meet with this other group? I didn't ask. I just did. I was like, oh, we're fine. I'm working with the decision maker. The decision maker loves us. They're yeah. great. Everything's great. They've, they've, like, they've chosen us as, as the company, kind of the, the finalists. And, but they're still you know, kind of vetting what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And so I go and deliver it. I think it goes really well. I deliver this little overview. It takes a couple of hours. Everybody's engaged. And then there's this guy in the back of the room that stands up and he says, I have a question. And everybody's head turns. Uh-oh. You can tell everybody was listening <laughs> to this guy. And he just kind of very casually, but with a lot of authority, says, you know, who's our number one customer, number one partner? And, they, and everybody says IBM. He goes, have we talked to IBM about sales training? They're probably the best in the world at developing their salespeople. Maybe they have a program we can use for free. And oh my! We never worked with that company. <laughs> yeah. Turns out that that guy was connected to the chairman of the board of the company I was working with. He used to work for IBM, and was sent there by the chairman to kind of vet us. I ignored him. Didn't know who he was. Never cared about it. I'm working with the decision maker. What do I care about this guy or what he thinks? And so what I missed is there's influencers involved who whisper in the ear of the decision maker who have lots of power. And if you have, if there's an influencer who isn't supportive of you, but has a lot of influence with the decision maker, you're at risk. You know, now you're reminding me of a personal story. <laughs> and I, I'm not sure if you know where I'm going with this, but uh, I was I'm a client. <laughs> I was a client before I worked for Aslan. And uh, mm -hmm. Tom, you might remember 15, 18 years ago when you were first trying to crack into APC and um, yep. I would put myself as probably an influencer in that I would say you know my my formal role in or informal role in that environment and I can remember a time when we were on the call and we were sort of you know vetting you and I asked a really strange question of you do you remember what that was <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah so so a little little context um, I remember we 
we come on site, met with the team, made a presentation, and we were, we were. I think we knew who the decision maker was, which was, which was uh, who had, who ran the division. Yeah. But we, so we were in the final stages where you guys were still trying to figure out who to work <laughs> with, and you asked me a question on the call because I was at the beach with my family, and you said, "What are you wearing?" <laughs> <laughs> I remember it well. I, I mean, just before we get started, Tom, I just want to know one thing. And you're like, yep. I said, what are you wearing? And you said, you said something about a mesh number that knocked me off my I think chair. I said I'm wearing a, a, a camo mesh number or something. Camo mesh number. The, the yeah, point was. bikini mesh. I, I was a quote from Stripes. Yes. Which a quote is from, our, yes. Our, uh, our, our millennials probably, or any other, anybody below the age of 50 probably doesn't know the movie Stripes, but that's a the bill murray movie so that's right well and i and, and i think what we you know obviously it was a joke at the time but i think there was a little bit of truth to us trying to figure out whether aslan was a cultural fit for us and we mm-hmm. you know we had kind of a fun uh management team we had a fun work environment and we wanted to make sure that this was a group that uh was going to mesh well when we started training all these people and so that was a little bit of a <laughs> a little bit of a, a, a joke to try to see how loose yeah. you were and uh, you passed with flying colors and i think uh APC slash Schneider has been a client uh, ever since that day. So that's, uh, that's great. Um, you understood well, that, me as an influencer. Well, that, I think that's a, I think we're, you know, we're, we're making a joke about it, but that was actually a decision driver. I mean, I think you were, were a critical influencer uh, yeah. to the decision maker. You had a lot of power and, and authority in the organization and and again, you, you, I don't know where you, your rank, your your title was in the organization, but I know you had a lot of influence, a lot of power. And so you you were legitimately, because we talked about it afterward, you legitimately were wondering, will you know, will you fit with our organization? Because if you won't, you we're not going to choose you. And yeah. and and if I would have overlooked your question and said, that's ridiculous. Um, let's let me, I'm focused on the one person that matters, which is a decision maker and ignored any key influencer. You know, I, I would have probably, I mean, you answered that question, but would I, we could have lost that opportunity. Yeah. And by the way, Schneider is still, that company's still a client today. Yeah. Yeah. It's been that would have cost run. me a lot of money. For sure. For sure. So I think that's, that's a, those are a couple of great examples of why it's so important. And as we, as we kind of make the turn here, you know, we've, we've dabbled in a couple of these, these, these ideas of these specific roles, these non or informal roles that, that exist inside a political structure, but why don't we kind of pull them back so everybody can, can kind of jot these down. You know, I've captured a few, like I, I hear evaluator, I hear influencer, I hear decision maker, these are all things we need to be aware of, you know, of when we're, when we're selling in these, you know, complex or maybe not so complex environments. Yeah. I, I, I would throw up a couple of, you know, I'd throw up two more roles. So when you okay. think about the, uh, you know, let's talk about the different roles. So, so there is a decision maker. There is somebody, even if it's a committee, yeah, one of the the number one role is what I call what we call simply the decision maker. You yeah, know, and you can, they're the ones that ultimately are going to determine who, who they're going to choose and what is the decision part. They have the ultimate authority, um, to make that decision. 
that the influencers and there's a multiple there's multiple types of influencers there's people that just are trusted by the decision maker there's the end user or the technical person there's the economic person who ultimately says hey you, you know if they have to go get more money those are all can be influencers but in, in the end the decision maker is the one that's going to be responsible for solving the problem and choosing the right solution. Then, as, as I said, then there's influencers, and you want to identify all those influencers, and you want to look at every influencer as they either have – when you look at how they relate to you, right. they, they either – it's either positive, neutral, or negative. Just put them in those three buckets. You want to identify all the all the influencers and how do they feel about your solution? Positive, neutral, not negative. If they're negative, you want to move them to new, at least neutral. If they're neutral, you want to lose them, move them to positive. But you do not want to ignore them. It's a great point. Then there's the evaluator. Yep. And again, there they could be positive, neutral, negative. And then again, you want to figure out who's the person responsible. And the reason I think it's so important to to identify the evaluator, like we've mentioned before, is you really want to try to get connected to the decision maker or influencers before you talk to the evaluator. Because often, if you start with the evaluator, then you're going to get stuck at the evaluator. But if you already have relationships outside the evaluator, they, they can't keep you from talking to those other key players. And then there's, there's two more roles that we haven't talked about. Another role is the coach. Yep. Right. And the coach is the person that wants you to win and they have at least medium to high influence with the decision maker. This is the person that tells you things they don't tell anybody else. They're for you. Um, you guys are connected and they give you kind of the backstory. Yeah. Uh, and they sometimes will even give you access to the decision maker. Um, so that's that's a real critical role. I mean, I know um I know really successful sales sales reps who who really focus on developing a coach and working with that coach and helping that coach succeed um, in every deal that they pursue. And then there's one other. I call him the insider. The insider is not part of the – now, all of them are inside. But uh, the reason I call him the insider is the insider is the person who gives you information who's not part of the decision-making process. They're okay. just somebody that's easy to gain access to who can tell you, and this is especially important early on, they can tell you who's who. Yeah, yeah. Right? And usually the person who's interested in, in revealing that information is somebody who experiences the pain or problem that you solve. So if you can talk to people who like, yeah, man, I wish we could solve that problem because this is really driving me crazy. They'll tell you things about the the internal workings and who's who again and what the, what's on their whiteboard and what's important to them and the in, informal criteria that may be at play um those people are incredible are, are incredibly important especially early on yeah yeah so that's kind of a quick overview so decision maker influencer evaluator coach and insider now and the just to clarify the difference between an insider versus a coach is the coach wants you to win and has influence the insider may or may not have influence um may or may not they probably have an don't interest. okay i got you they probably yeah. don't have influence they're just there's somebody to easy to talk to who are not gonna say hey i'm gonna introduce you to the decision maker yeah but they'll I mean, it can even be an executive assistant. 
And the purpose of an insider is at the very beginning of the process is you're, you're trying to find somebody you can talk to who can say, well, I wouldn't talk to them. Like if you just walk into Aslan's office right now, you could find an insider. You know, Nicole and Lorraine are here in the office every day. They know everything that's happening at Aslan, but aren't, but probably aren't part of a, of a decision that I'm going to make. Now, they may be a part of a decision that some other people are going to make, but not something that I'm like, if I'm looking at a new e-learning platform or uh, I'm looking to look at a new software solution or whatever I might be, they, they may, or marketing firm or insurance or something like that, they could, they could tell you who's, ever, who's where, you know, they could tell you everybody in the company and what they're like. They know everybody. They've been to dinner with people. They've been to our house. They know these things but they may not be part of the decision-making process. So those people are critical. Well, that's, that's, that's a, a, quite a story there and quite a, 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 a lot to take in. I know there's probably one more topic, but I'm feeling like it could be actually uh, another podcast in itself. And that's how, how do we identify the decision-maker? I mean, that can be a challenge of its own and, and finding the right person. So why don't we do this, Tom? Why don't we couch that and okay. we'll come back in another week or two and we'll sort of dive into how we might uh, discover who the decision maker is and all the, 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 the stories and ways to do that. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Well, excellent. Can I drink so, beer when we do that? You, of course. I mean, there's just, okay. there's, okay. there's, you know, the name speaks for itself. We are ales with Aslan for a reason. So, I love it. Okay. Uh, yeah, this has been a great topic. I hope you guys get a lot out of the, uh, the discussion around political structure Make sure that you identify the key different uh, folks that are involved in an informal way. You have evaluators, you have influencers, decision makers, and then even coaches and insiders. And once you identify those folks, making sure that you don't ignore any piece of that. Uh, those are all important components. And I love some of the stories and, and analogies we used, like the, the high school lunch table is, uh, is, like I said, bringing back great memories. So, Thanks so much, Tom, for another great uh, visit. It's always good to have you on the show. You, all your 23 years of experience uh, bubble up and help, help these folks uh, in, in a very positive way out there, I'm sure of it. So please, if you guys are enjoying the, the podcast, uh, drop a comment down below. Give us topics for the future. Give us ideas of things that you want to learn more about. You can always visit our website to find out more about political structure. And we'll look forward to seeing you next week on another episode of Ales with Aslan. Mm -hmm.